Welcome to the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Old Chick Snowship Podcast. Today, we are talking about a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And I, you know what? I think I say that every time because every topic that I <laughs> talk about is near and dear to my heart. That's why I'm talking about it. But anyway, today's topic I have had my own experience with, and that is, you know, being in feminine energy. And we're going to talk a lot more about what that means. But today's guest is Julie Fouch, who is a coach uh, who teaches women how to create their lives and business from the divine feminine. So welcome, Julie. I am so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you. I'm really delighted. Looking forward to having a really good time connecting with you again. Yeah, we are going to have a super juicy conversation because like I said, I love this topic so much. But before we jump into, I really want to get to your story. But before we jump into your story, when we talk about the art of the feminine or the divine feminine, can you give some context for our readers about what you mean by that? Yeah, for me, and I always like to preface this by saying everyone has their own experience. For me, the feminine is very much about how we connect how we create connections, both inward towards our highest self, towards source, the universe, God, whatever name we have for the greater power, and then how we are connecting outward. And feminine is very creative and very connective. And it also is very much driven on a cycle. Ooh, and I don't even like to use the word driven because driven is very masculine. So, you know, masculine is very much ramp up, push forward, meet the goal, get a new goal, push forward. And the feminine is very much about opening, widening, deepening, allowing, Mm -hmm. and revealing itself. Trusting Trusting that all is well. I have a, actually a framed sign on behind my desk that says source is my source, because in the feminine, we know that source is the source of all things. It's not the amount of effort I put in or how many emails I put out or how hard I work. It's really about me being able to tap in, tune in, tap in, and create from that place of connecting with the greater, the creative energy, the whatever it is that you want to call that that's bigger than us. And that's a very feminine thing. When we think about, I know that you have kids, right? Yeah, we talk about this. Yeah, you have kids. So for mothers, they know that when they are in the most creative place in their feminine, which is that birth process, there is no, here are the benchmarks and we're going to do it like by 2 p.m. We're going to be here and 3 p.m. We're going to be. It is very much elemental. You are very in your body, just connected and doing what your body tells you. And that's really a feminine way of doing things. Yeah. I love that definition about being in your body, because I think for so many of us as women, we are very detached from our own bodies. Like, even though, you know, we have a monthly cycle, you know, we physically, we bear children, we still are very detached from, I think, like the innate power and wisdom of our bodies. Like, I know that was so true for me and having, you know, a long history in the corporate world, you know, everything that you just mentioned about, you know, it's the metrics, it's the hours that you put in, it's proving yourself, it's, you know, hunting, it's forcing, it's manipulating. And honestly, I, I thought that's the way the world worked. And it was only when everything fell apart. And then I had to kind of lean into different aspects of myself, did I find that underneath that was like this super sensitive, nurturing, creative soul that I didn't even know existed, right? Yeah. And look at the way that we're taught. This used to drive me crazy because when my kids were little, I spent a lot of time in school. But what's the first thing kindergartners are taught? To stand in a straight line one after each other. Don't help each other. 
Like you're being graded against everybody else. So you don't help anybody else Mm. in work. You've got to get the answers right. And you have to get them right by using the formula that the teachers are teaching you. I was helping my granddaughter with her homework. And, you know, I can still do fourth grade math sometimes, which blows me away. (laughs) And she was saying, I know what the answer is, that they want me to use a formula and I don't understand Uh the formula. Like she intuitively knew what the answer was. She could look at it and say, here's the answer, right? So we're taught to turn off our intuition. Show your work. Show your work. Oh my Uh, gosh. Yeah. And I understand why they do that because they're building on skills. But what it's teaching our children and our girls is don't trust your intuition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't trust your body's knowing. Mm -hmm. You've got to follow the masculine. And when I say masculine, we can use any other terms, but it's not unique to men or women, but it's that masculine energy. And you've got to use a masculine formula to get there. And so I think that it's natural that we don't understand it because nobody's ever taught us, oh, what does your intuition say? Well, and I think even on top of that, like when we talk about the feminine qualities of creativity and nurturing, they've become synonymous with weakness, right? Which, and I remember thinking that like, you know, bless my mother, she was very much in the feminine of this, you know, beautiful free spirit. And I used to look at her sometimes and I'd say, you just don't get how the world works, (laughs) right? Like you just don't understand, right? And it was only after like my own journey where I was like, oh, wow, this isn't weak at all. This is in fact, like incredibly powerful, but I would be afraid. I never let that, those sides of myself be seen in my corporate life. Like I kept them very well hidden. In fact, so well hidden, I didn't even know they existed. <laughs> right. But because there, it, it has become synonymous with weakness. Yes. And, and I think that it, it goes there when we go, you and I were talking about the bumpers on, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, going back and background. forth between <laughs> all feminine, all masculine And I think that it starts to look like weakness when we aren't in balance between the two, Mm. you know, if you are only in your feminine, it's like a river with no riverbanks, right? So it just kind of peters out floods everywhere and there's no power to it. If you're only in your masculine, then it's like a river that has run dry. And so you've got the banks of a river, but nothing in it, nothing juicy, nothing life-giving, nothing creative in it. So we've got to have the combination of the two. And what we have done in our work lives and all of our lives is we've leaned so heavily in our society towards it's got to be in the masculine. Mm -hmm. And lower energy masculine is a bully. It pushes us around. It pushes other people around. It tells us, so funny, I was having this conversation with my husband this morning because I have an injury. Stuff happens. And I managed to fall and grab a counter and create some shoulder problems. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to just push through this, right? Because society says just push through it, Mm -hmm. right? If I spend too many hours typing, my arm aches. He's like, stop doing that. I'm like, oh yeah, right, right. So even if I teach it, we have to remember it's not about the push through. It's not about bullying ourselves. It's not about pushing our careers so hard that we have adrenal fatigue and we're passing out and we're getting diseases. But that's what lower energy masculine does. Right. When and lower energy feminine is very manipulative. Hmm. It's about how do I work around to get what I want? And I'll give you a little example of that. It's just a tiny example. In my first marriage, where I was married to a bully, I would buy myself a Diet Pepsi when I filled my gas tank because it would go on the credit card is from the gas company and he wouldn't know that I had treated myself, right? That's manipulation. And that's what lower energies do. When you are in your highest energy feminine, you become more creative. You're creating solutions that to questions you didn't even know were there, right? You're creating new ways of doing things. And whether you're in a corporate career or you're a stay-at-home mom or you have your own business, that ability to create solutions 
is a gift of the feminine. Yeah. And one of the ways that I recognized this in my own life was, you know, and I, I do this, I was doing it unconsciously before, but now I see it very clearly as being, you know, leaning more into the feminine was, you know, when you have a problem and you're like super focused on the problem and trying to find the solution and your head's down and you're working and you're working and you're working. And then all of a sudden you go, you take a break and you go outside and you're in your backyard or you're in nature. And all of a sudden it's like the answer just appears to you. Mm -hmm. Right. But had, and I know this for myself is if I keep focusing and keep working and working and working, like that answer is going to be elusive. I need to stop, pull back, lean out, go do something completely different. And if it's doing something that I love, you know what I mean? That's kind of, you know, the answer to that problem will always appear. Yeah. A lot of times when I'm having a problem writing, because I do a lot of writing, I, (laughs) my girlfriend the other day says, I get more emails from you than anyone else. And she works with big name coaches all over. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not hard to do. (laughs) But when I have a block, I will take my phone and I'll just go walk in nature. Yeah. Like, and that connecting with nature, feeling nature. When I walk in nature, I like to turn on my spidey senses and see what I can feel. Like, are there animals out there that I'm not seeing who are close by? And are there other energies? And what is the plant energy like? What are the rock people Mm. saying that day? And by tapping into that, very often what I'm supposed to write about comes through. And I always take my phone because, you know, I'm not going to be out and be without my phone just in case. Of course. But the other thing for my phone is I'll then open it up and I'll start dictating and I'll send myself an email so I don't lose anything. Yeah. And I have written so many of my messages on my phone dictating while I'm standing there going, huh, that is a big energy I'm feeling out there in the field somewhere. That is so true because uh, the worst place for me to write is actually sitting in front of my computer. Like that, I don't know, whatever, whatever reason that like totally stifles me. I have to go somewhere, do something, get the idea, like have the whole download. And then I can come and try and scrap it onto my computer, but I can't sit at my computer to create. And sometimes like, just like you, like I go into nature or the other thing I do is before I go to sleep, I'll be, I'll ask for the answer. Like, okay, what is it that I'm supposed to write about? Or what's the message that needs to be heard right before I go to sleep? And I wake up in the morning, I can usually like pick up my phone and then just like literally the whole thing will come out in, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. Yes. And how much, here's the the advantage of working that way is you get to save the two hours of sitting in front of your computer going, oh, I have to write another, oh, and now I need to look that up and oh, the. Like you get to just whip it out in your 10 or 15 minutes, do your edits and it's ready. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now, the other part of that though, is that you didn't just sit and get the download. You went and had your divine masculine come in to support your feminine. Mm -hmm. Your masculine then comes in and says, I get that on paper for you. Let me type that up. I can get this sent off to the VA, or I can get this loaded in the CRM and sent out to the people. I can send this off to the VA to send off or to my secretary or whatever. Make it happen. (laughs) That's the place where the divine masculine actually gets the opportunity to operate in its highest vibration. It's when you've got this really beautiful creative feminine that you're allowing to come through, that you're taking the space to come through. And I know for you, this is a big thing is make the space, make the space. space. That is so true. That's one of your, your five steps, I think is create the space. It is the first step of the five steps of how to get unstuck. Oh, okay. (laughs) I couldn't remember which step, but yeah. But it's incredibly important because, you know, we live such busy lives, right? And there's always something occupying your brain. And so it's really hard to get into that creative energy, right? When you've got like a million things. So if you don't make the space to kind of dial things down, and like for me, nature is one of the ways to dial my brain down, right? It's like, you know, climbing a mountain with one leg, you know, tied behind your back kind of thing, right? Like it's, it's an effort, right? But the pulling back for creation and then allowing max the masculine to 
execute is this beautiful dance that has taken me a couple of years to discover, <laughs> but it's this beautiful dance that happens now. Right. And I think that when we talk about this, we have to be careful to not make it an absolute, yes. right? This yes. is a practice. Very and good point. there are days where in the practice, I'll go, oh, I'm back to the old ways. <sighs> and I've been doing this for a long, long time. time. Oh, yeah. A long time. Same. I know it looks like I have blonde in my hair, but that's really not blonde at all. It's all gray. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been doing this a long time and I can still got, get caught in. I need to be doing, 100%. I need to be doing, I need to be doing. My value comes. Our society gives people a brownie point for being too busy. And yeah. think about it. When you go to a networking event and you say to people, how are you? And they go, oh, I'm so busy. Yeah. They're the superstars. It's yeah. not the person who says, well, you know, my business asked me to go to the beach today. So I spent two hours looking at the waves and then I wrote an email to a client and it's fabulous. Like those people get looked at like we're crazy. Yeah. And it's so true because, and I fall into this trap all the time as well. I mean, I have 30 years of programming, <laughs> right? Like that says, do it one way. And this is how I know that I have kind of like that I'm in that place where I'm just like leaning too hard into productivity. I start to really feel it in my body. Like I start to feel that tightness in my solar plexus. I feel very disconnected from myself, from the universe. Right. And then as soon as I get into that state, that's when I recognize I'm like, oh, look at you. Right. Like you're so focused. And that's, it's usually when I'm sitting in front of my computer trying to create something that is my number one clue to be like, okay, just go outside. Like go into the forest, you know, go admire the flowers, whatever it is, go to the lake, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Our bodies are designed to help us know when we're on the right track or we're not on the right track. Oh yes. A hundred percent. But our bodies also are designed to help us make decisions. Mm -hmm. And so that's a very feminine thing. The masculine thing is let me make a pro and cons list. Let me check my bank account. Let me ask three people what the right thing to do is here. And we don't have to do any of that. Our bodies know. It's either, you know, it's the heart or it's the gut or it's like if you find yourself leaning forward into talking to somebody, that's probably a big yes. If you're pulling back and your body's getting closed up, that's a no, like pay attention to what your body is feeling. Yeah. So do you have a practice for decision-making within your body? Like if you have a decision in front of you, is there like a go-to practice that you have? Yeah. The first thing for me is if anybody's familiar with human design, yeah. which human design, it's like the blueprint for how you operate. So some of us in human design have an emotional authority and some of us have a sacral authority, and then there's a couple of others. So for some people, it's a, a yes, no, in your gut. For me, it's about having an emotional response. Yeah. And so my first thing with decisions is I need 24 hours because I have to go through the ups and downs and the should I, shouldn't I to come to an answer. But yeah. when I need a more immediate answer, and I will, let me share with you a story. <laughs> when we moved into this house, we moved in with the idea that we were going to get it painted and re redo the floors and discovered that there were like holes in the bathroom sinks. So in addition to picking colors for everything and doing new floors, we did three bathrooms and I was making all the decisions. And we had one final decision, which is we needed mirrors for the guest bathroom. Couldn't decide. I couldn't decide. My contractor was like, I need the mirrors today. You have to pick today. I don't have time. I was really out of decision-making. Like I'd done all of it on everything else. So I walked through Home Depot and I went to the row that had the mirror, all the mirrors. And it was a big, long row. And I closed my eyes and I walked down the row until my pussy tingled. And I stopped and I bought those mirrors because I was like, my head is so involved here. I have to get my body involved. And that is our creative center right? That is our feminine creative birthing center. So I was like, I'm just going to trust you to make the decision. And they're perfect. They're absolutely perfect. 
but I didn't look at them before I made the decision. Yeah. The bot, my body, I trusted my body to make that decision. Yeah. And then I went, oh, you're right. These will work. Because I think for a lot of us, and, you know, I definitely would put myself in that category a few years ago, trusting your body is very like, again, we're not taught how to do that. And you don't trust your body. Like how many times, you know, and people listening, like, have you made a decision because it looked right on paper, but then you just had this like niggly feeling in your body. And then it turned out when, you know, and you go, see, I should have listened to myself. I knew it. Right. But we only like so many of us can do that after the fact, but getting comfortable with this is feeling this way in my body right now. And that's trying to tell me something is a bit of a practice, right? Like you have to learn to trust that. How do you help women trust their bodies and trust the responses that they get? I think the first step is to to trust small, right? Trust Mm -hmm. on the little things. Don't take, you know, your whole retirement account and try and make a decision about what to do with it if you aren't practiced in this. So I'll say, go to the grocery store and put an apple in one hand and an orange in another hand and feel like you can even, if you look at your hands, you'll see one will come closer to you than the other. Mm. And just notice the subtleties, you know, notice what feels better. Try putting a bag of potato chips and an apple and feel which one. Yeah, your head's going to go, I want the potato chips. They taste good. They satisfy my salt cravings. But your body is going to tell you, most likely, because <laughs> sometimes your body will go, no, you need the freaking salt. Right. But most likely, your body's going to go, I need to be filled. I need the apple. I need the, mm-hmm. and you'll feel it. And it goes out of your head and you can feel it. And so start with the small decisions. I'm driving across town. Do I go this street or that street? And whatever pops up, follow that. Yeah. Right. And so that's the first step is just getting used to following it. Noticing the clues your body's giving you. Are you feeling forward or backward? Are you feeling yourself closing down or opening up? And it comes right back to the number one step, which is you need to make space for that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause for me, you know, usually what I'll do, like in the, in the place where I like, I have to make a decision is I'm like, I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a very visual person. So I will sit, for example, and visualize myself in scenario a, and then visual, you know, and see how that feels in my body and then visualize myself in scenario B. And then usually it's a very, very clear distinction as to how my body feels. Like you just said, open, or do I feel tightness? And that's become my guiding force. In fact, there are times now, and this still shocks me today, although it's, again, it's been years, like where my body will make a decision about something before my head has even contemplated the question, right? Like, you know, you walk into somewhere and you just know, like immediately, like, oh, this feeling in my body. And then I'd be like, oh, that's weird. Why did I react that way? And then it's like, oh. (laughs) Got it. What is, what is that question? Right. Because I've learned to be able to create the space to tune in. And now it's becoming much more of like almost an automated response, but that I'm aware of it. Right. Like I can sense that's that's significant change. Whereas before I couldn't. And it doesn't have to take, like, it doesn't have to be a half hour meditation. No, we're not talking about that kind of space. We're talking about the pause. Like it's okay to stop and take a breath. There's this great story, the artist, Jewel, who's a singer. Oh yeah. Jewel. uh, Yeah. Her mother wrote a book several years ago and I love this book. Um, It's called the architecture of all abundance and it's out of print right now. So whenever I can get a copy of it, I'll pick it up. But she talks about this moment where she was negotiating the first contract that she negotiated for Jewel. She was her first manager. And she said that, you know, she walked into this room, this room, dark room, masculine room with all these guys in dark suits. And she said they were acting like sharks. And she just visualized them all with a shark fin on their back. And it was getting very heated, very hot and a lot of pressure. And they said to her, we need a decision. And she said, we all need a pause. Can we just take a pause? And for her as a woman, trying to break into this business, depending on them, it was huge. Like she said, it shocked everyone. And we don't give ourselves 
permission to even ask for a pause. So in those situations where we feel like I need to make a decision, it's got to be now, they're pressuring me, I've got to look good, I've got to fit in, I've got to have my own shark mask on, to remember that it's the pause that has the power. She actually got what she wanted because she asked everyone to stop and take a pause. And she, you know, closed her eyes and took a breath and she felt the energy in the room come down. And I think that's just such a powerful lesson for us as women. Mm. It's okay to pause. Well, because we are taught, you know, to not rock the boat, to, you know, not speak our minds, to go with the flow, you know, don't make anybody unhappy. Right. And so the amount of courage that it takes as her, you know, and I want to say the underdog, but she's not, but like coming into this room of sharks, the amount of courage it took for her to be able to say, Hey, everybody, let's just take a break. Like that's phenomenal. Yeah. It's huge. And that story, there's a couple of stories that stick with me, but that story really sticks with me and gives me courage in the moments where I go, okay, I need to just have a pause here. And, you know, I give everybody else permission in the room to have a pause. And I've done that in the middle of live events. I've done that, you know, when I'm teaching groups and I'm supposed to be the guru, which I don't believe in gurus, but, you know, when you're in front of the room, you're leading a group and you go, hey guys, I just need a pause here. Let's all take a pause. It's so freaking powerful. Yeah, it really is. Like it, it, like you said, the energy dynamic of that pause is like more than you could ever realize, right? Like it may seem small and insignificant, but it literally shifts the entire energy of the people, the space, everything, right? Yeah. And I like to add breath to that pause too. So I'm yeah. not, because if you hold your breath, <laughs> you're just holding the previous space and moving it forward. So, you know, trying to make a decision, it's like, okay, pause breathe. What's my body saying? And then knowing your design, like I can't tell you how many times I've made decisions on the spot because I felt like that's what people wanted and then regretted the decision. And so I know for me, and I have this pat answer. I say to people, I say, I am not going to make a decision today. I need 24 to 48 hours. Now, what happens when you're on a sales call? This has totally changed my sales calls as well, because we are taught, get the sale while they're on the phone with you. Totally dishonors people Mm. because some people need 20. Now, some people can do it and come up with a correct decision, but about half the population can't. Half the population needs time to make a decision that is correct for them. Um, Are you a manifesting generator? I'm not. I'm a projector. Oh, a projector. Okay with an emotional authority. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm a manifesting generator. Everybody listening, like if you've never delved into human design, I highly encourage it because it really gives you so much permission to understand the way you naturally operate in the world. And there's like, for me, there were things that I thought were wrong with me that are actually so right with me, but because it didn't fit into some mold that somebody told me some way. Right. And so you know, when I talk about midlife as being the gateway to authenticity, this is one of the tools that really helped me root deeper into who I am normally and naturally, like how I show up. And it's made things so much easier. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a website where you can actually run your own chart, right? It won't make much sense to people unless you have some resources to go with it. Yeah. But I can give you that, that you can put it in the yeah, show we'll notes, put it in the show notes for sure. Yeah. And like you said, like, even if you just like, for me, you know, I read it at a surface level, then I had to come back to it and go, like, it takes a bit of time to actually (laughs) go deep into it, but highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. Just that surface level of, you know, as a projector, we don't generate our own content. We don't have our own engines. And so I would be, I would look at generators around me. Generators are another type. And I'd say, why can't I put out as much content as they can? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, here, my friend wrote three courses last month and, you know, marketed all. And I'm like, why can't I do that? And it makes so much sense. I'm a projector. That's not my way of operating in the world. So then I have to say, 
how can I take my business goals and tweak it so that the formulas will work for my type and my, and then take it even deeper and go even more unique. That's very feminine to do that. Masculine says, here is the way things are done. And in our world, it's, you know, you host a webinar, you give a free gift, you drive traffic, you have some calls, you launch, you have another webinar, you write like there's this seven steps that you have to go through all of them. And what happens to women is they follow those seven steps. They don't have the results. And then they hear, well, it's you. You didn't want it hard enough. You didn't try hard enough. You didn't do the steps. You didn't work long enough. You didn't work 17 hour days for the five weeks of your launch. What is wrong with you? Mm. Right. And then we start to feel bad about ourselves and we lose our, our glow and we become less effective. Right. Downward spiral. (laughs) And it's a downward spiral. And the same thing, you know, if you're working in a corporate job, yeah, you are supposed to operate the way that men do. And that doesn't work for feminine energy. It just, it can work for a short period of time until, you know, the car crashes into you or, you know, everything falls apart. You get burnt out like I did. (laughs) Burnt out. I can't tell you how many women I met when I was first starting to explore this, who would say, I built a six figure business and had adrenal fatigue. I built a multi six figure business and got breast cancer. I built a seven figure business, came home from a speaking gig and couldn't get out of my car and spent four months in bed after that, because those women were not operating according to their feminine design as well as their human design, right? Women aren't designed to work that way. And I will tell you, you know, I think the world is changing. I think that those women in corporate bless them because there's a long way to go there. And the ones who are managing to do it are really the way showers where they can have a little bit of space where they can have, you know, a little bit of sneaking in a walk during the middle of a day. I have a client. Let me see if I can say this without breaking confidentiality. And she works with really big companies and she'll say, yeah, they don't know it, but we're not going to launch this week because Mercury is in retrograde. (laughs) (laughs) But I managed to arrange the launch so we don't have to do it during this time period. Right. Right. She's looking at the things and she's doing, she's operating out of a different system and bringing it into their system. Yeah. So for the business owners that are, and I think what you just said about, you know, you have your, your seven steps to launch and you work a billion hours and then you collapse at the end of your launch. Like what is the feminine way to do that? So the first thing I do with my clients and the first thing I do with myself is I I will spend a lot of time in meditation and I actually connect with the energy. First of all, the clients that are going to be coming in, the people who are going to be served by the launch, I really get to know them energetically. And then I spend time in the energy of my business and I say, business, what do you want? How do you want this to go? How do you want this to look? Do we want to do a webinar? Or do we want to do three Facebook lives? Like what feels better? And so I begin to design it from there. And then I'll look at who are my collaborators or who are my allies? What can I outsource? What can I have my team do? Are there other people that I can invite in to help support this? And as a projector, that is even more important for me because I need to be around generators to have that engine. So it's like, what generators can I bring into this process? So I have an engine that I can generators kind of act like without sucking their energy. What they do for projectors is they, they kind of act like a reflector, like um, solar panels, right? (laughs) They've got all this energy and the projectors can feel that. And then it energizes the projector without taking anything away from a generator. So for me, it's super important to have allies come into the project or the launch that are going to help me spark that. Mm. And so, so I bring in the collaborators 
And I think about who would be fun to work with. You know, a lot of times we are taught in business. If you're going to collaborate, don't collaborate with somebody who does the same thing you do, right? Super head thing. Yeah. They are our competition. In the feminine, we don't believe in competition. Yeah. In the feminine, we know there is enough for everyone. There is an abundance. So I just look at who has the energy that will match my energy and will support me. Who else works in the feminine? Who feels loving? I don't care what you say about yourself. If I come into your energy and I start, again, trusting the body, I start to close down. I'm not inviting you in. I don't care if you've got a list of 50,000 people that you're going to advertise my thing to. If my energy shuts down around you, you're not coming in. Yeah. So I look at all those things first. And then I look at the pieces because we're not throwing out the formula. Formulas are, have worked before. But I look at the formula and I say, what pieces of this formula need to be tweaked so it works for me? And I do that with my clients too. And for my clients, they do things that I don't do. So there are certain formulas. And believe me, I've been in business long enough. I know all the formulas. Right. I know how to do it all. I have done it. And for my clients, sometimes what I have decided is not for me is exactly what they need to do. That is the, the real fun part of, of being in this experience is like, you get to be unique. Yeah. And that's the thing, like really, and again, it comes back to that authenticity thing, like just really like leaning into who you are, right? Like forget the mole, forget the box, forget the shoulds, forget the, and I think this time of our lives in midlife, more than ever, we are being asked to do that, right? Like more than ever. And we get to, and we get, we have paid our dues. Amen. (laughs) Yes. Let me do it my way. We get to be us, right? And so when you see, you know, these like, uh, what's her name? Iris Apfel, for example, you know, that woman, she's a, I don't know if you've seen her. She's a, a model in her, like, I want to say late eighties or nineties even. Okay. Yeah. I do and, know who she is. Yeah. And she's very flamboyant. Well, was wears super big glasses like that to me. I look at that and I see that beautiful expression of who she is. And I'm like, that's what we're all aspiring to is to just be yes. unapologetically who we are. And, you know, I mean, as midlife women, we are given the blessing of not caring what people think as much. Right. And that like is a gift in allowing us to be able to just be like, be us, like no apologies, no nothing, just be us. And that's the magic. Like that is the magic of this time of our lives. I mean, it should be for our entire life, but for a lot of us, you know, we didn't grow up that way, especially the women of our generation, right? We didn't grow up that way. Yeah. Hopefully the generations coming behind us have a lot more permission, which I think they do. I think that the tides are turning, but like to just be who they are. But now for us, women in our generation right now, this is all about shedding everything that doesn't fit you, right? Yes. Anything that feels too tight, restrictive, holding you back, keeping you from your own magic needs to yeah. go. Exactly. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you got to this work, because there's always a story behind everybody's (laughs) (laughs) with the way they show up in the world. So how did you come across this? And wow, that's a story. Let's start. I'm like, where do we start? (laughs) I was raised in a family where the boys were raised to get along in the world and the girls were raised to get taken care of. And which meant I got married right out of high school. Wow to an abusive person, divorced him 20 years later when I was literally going to die if I stayed in the relationship any longer Mm. and found my way through various teachers into this personal development world. And I just fell in love with it. And I was like, I got to find a way to fit here. And so I went and got my coaching certificate. I started to life coach, discovered I loved coaching business women and became very focused on the things we just talked about, the masculine. How do you build a funnel? How do you build a website? What's a free gift? And learning all of that and teaching that to my clients. And it was getting really, really dry. And I would do things like, while I was on the phone with a client, I'd pull a tarot card without telling them, right? (laughs) Or I would say, you know, they'd come to me with a business problem and I'd say, we got to do some inner child work here. And my clients were always saying, when I worked with Julie, I got this really deep stuff that I had no idea she did. Mm. 
And I was just on the verge of joining. I had just joined a group of six and seven figure earners in the industry talking about the problems in the industry and how we were going to change them and masterminding and growing our businesses. And it was approaching my first six-figure year. So I think I was like at 92, 93,000. It was October. I knew I would be able to, to hit 100,000, no problem. And I got hit by a car, rear-ended, not my body. Right. but the, And the guy didn't stop. He hit me twice and pushed me in the car in front of me and really messed up my back. And I couldn't do what I was doing. I couldn't do 12-hour workdays, six days a week anymore. It was like the universe had been saying to me, stop, hello, don't do it this way. <laughs> I, can relate. I was like, I am driven. And so the universe stopped me. And I began to hear these whispers around, there's a different way, there's a better way. And at the same time, I was going to this group and doing masterminding and talking about all my woo-woo and all my spiritual stuff and how that I had set that aside to do this business coaching thing. And finally, this woman who she's tall, she's got a deep voice and she just looked at me and she said, but you must do that. And her voice is very deep. And she said, you must. And I will never forget how that just reverberated through my body that I must. And I started to operate my business differently. And I remember the first email I sent where I said, hey, I'm coming out of the closet. Sometimes I read tarot cards on a coaching session. And I sat there and I cried and my husband sat across from me and he said, are you sure you want to send that? And I said, yes. And I was sure it was going to blow up my business. That was it. Yeah. (laughs) And I have to like, you know, start selling Tupperware again or something like that. (laughs) And what happened was it blew up my business in the other way. It completely changed everything. I broke it. And out of that breaking came this beautiful art of feminine business that allowed me to begin teaching and working in a different way. And my income shot up as a result. Wow. Wow. That's an incredible story. Yeah. So I really try hard to listen because I don't want another accident like that. Yeah. I mean, once you've been through it once, it brings you to your attention in a big way. <laughs> like yeah. I know that now, like I know the signs. And when I see myself starting to go down that path and I'm like, no, 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 sister, back it up, back it up. <laughs> like we're not going there. Right. Yeah, because exactly. I mean, and, and this is the thing, like, you know, not everybody has to come to the crisis moment or that get the brick in the head in order to change this. And like, that's part of why I talk about this stuff, because I don't recommend the path that I took, right. Where I had to be brought to my knees and literally physically stopped in my tracks to get the yeah. message. Like if you can learn to tune in, you know, if you can start to access those parts of you that are always talking to you, you can make changes without it having to be as a result of, you know, hitting the bottom. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you know, what's really beautiful is I'm starting to see that like you and I have been doing this a while. And when I started talking about doing, working in the feminine, there were not very many people talking Mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. And what I'm seeing now is a lot more people are familiar with the idea And they are allowing the work without having to go through the crisis. And so I think that we can pat ourselves on the back a little bit that we were willing to to do this early (laughs) so that those who are coming along now, especially with the huge changes happening in the planet, the way we operate, they don't have to go through. No, they got their own story and they've got their own challenges but they don't have to do what we did. But the way that it happened for us was perfectly divinely orchestrated and the most beautiful thing, because, you know, like, had I not been stopped, I wouldn't have voluntarily made the decision because I had too much invested in where I was. Like I worked hard to get to the, the place that I was in my corporate career. I had invested a lot in my life and like to say, okay, well, I'm just going to leave that here and go do this. Like I never would have made that decision. Right. So like having, the series of events that happened, happened the way that they were, was the perfect opening for me to say, oh, look, there is actually a different way to do this. And by us opening these doors and now we're talking about it, right? Like we're changing the dynamic, right? By We are. Yeah. We are. 
Yeah. And I think that, that we have a lot more allies in changing it now. Yeah. Um, Oh, for sure. More and more allies, which is, you know, the old competitive way would be no, keep them out. There's too many, but man, there's, there's room for everybody. There's abundance in the planet. So there really is. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody is listening to us having this conversation and they are recognizing themselves in, oh yeah, that's me. Like I'm really heavily in my masculine. It's not feeling good to me. Like I'm starting to see the signs, you know, what's the first thing that they can do or what's the first uh, step. And I, you know, I hate to make it a a step necessarily, but like, (laughs) where do, where do you begin? I think the first step is really to stop and listen. Mm. So it might be that you take 20 minutes at the end of your day to just journal and start to listen. And when I say journaling, it's not, you know, it was 32 degrees today and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but it's really allowing whatever wants to flow out of you yeah. to show up on the page without editing, without worrying about grammar, just allowing the words to flow out onto the page. Mm-hmm. And then you go back and you look at them and you read them and you're like, wow, that's yeah. what came through. Didn't know that um, was there. Yeah. <laughs> didn't know that was there. And when you start to learn to do that, you can then start to connect with the different parts of yourself. What is my highest self, the person I actually came here to be? What is she saying to me? What is the part of me that is afraid? You know, how old is the part of me that's afraid? Very often that's a, that's a inner child part, right? It's a very young part. What is the part of me that is angry and in resistance? And begin to just journal with those different parts of yourself and start to have that connection and connecting to source, connecting back to yourself, bringing those parts of yourself back in. And I think that's a really great first step. And then find somebody who has done this work. And, you know, I always recommend hiring, but you can follow them for a while. You can get on their list. You can get to know them, but find somebody who's doing the work or who has done the work that you can be in that energy and you can get what you need to be able to find your answers, not the answers, your your answers. Well, and I think that's a very important distinction that you just made, because for many of us as women, we have been taught to seek the answers outside of ourselves, right? And, you know, you can hear the information, like, you know, when we're talking about this particular subject, you can take in the information and then you have permission to tweak it to suit yourself because we're all different. We all resonate differently. Like you said, we have different authorities, sacral authority, emotional authorities, all of that, Right. And, you know, it's not like, here is the script, follow it to the letter of the law. It's like, here's the information. Now do with it what feels good to you. Right. And be willing to play with it and tweak it. Yeah. And, oh, I thought that would feel good, but it really didn't. So now I'm going to tweak it this way. That's not a failure. That was, oh, me understanding something else that doesn't work for me. Yeah. How do I want to tweak that? How do I want to change that? I worked in, in PR public relations for a number of years. And it was always about how do we tweak the message? Yeah. How do we tweak what we're doing to make it more effective? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because like over the years I have honed through trial and error, what I consider to be the perfect morning routine. Like it used to be the mornings that I would dream about when I was in the hustle of corporate. And then I got a new puppy (laughs) <laughs> and my beautiful morning routine literally got thrown up in the air. Right? Yes. <laughs> like completely thrown up in the air and it no longer felt good to me. And at first I found myself in this like real resistance, like it had to be this way, you know, and I was feeling worse and worse. I was shooting myself all over the place, like, you know, and then finally I was like, okay, stop, stop resisting it and go with the flow. Like, so now my mornings, you know, like I go for a walk and I'm super present you know, with where I am in nature, I'm like, you know, reveling in the joy of this puppy leaping and, you know, and like that feels so much better to me now. And of course, like I still have the parts of my routine that I've had to scatter in different parts of the day. Like now it's a lot of it's become a nighttime routine, but it was that thing like giving yourself permission to be changing and evolving as you change and evolve. Yes. As life changes and evolves. As life changes and evolves. And even if it's not something as dramatic as a puppy, um, 
sometimes you'll just wake up and be like, oh, that yeah. doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah. You yeah. know, I've done the same meditation for five years and it suddenly I wake up and it's like, ooh, I don't want to do a meditation this morning. I want to go lay on the grass or yeah. take a take a bubble bath and have love pour through me or whatever it is. And so I think part of this being in the feminine is recognizing that we are constantly evolving and therefore our practices our strategies, the way we do things is constantly evolving and giving ourselves permission to be in that evolution. The feminine is constantly in a process of deepening and widening. Constantly. I love that. I love that. That's so beautiful. This has been an awesome conversation. Thank you. I'm so glad. Thank you for sharing that with us. So if people want to hear more about you and your work, in the art of the feminine, where can people find you? One of the best ways is to join us in our Facebook group. It's a free group. We share a lot. We do a lot of this work in the group. And that is at Feminine Business Magic on Facebook. They can also connect with me at juliefouch.com. And it's Julie, F-O-U-C-H-T, weird hanging T there, dot com. <laughs> Um, and you can, we've got a number of free gifts there. You can download, we've got meditations there. I think we've got a couple of free meditations on there. Um, so that's another great place to connect with us. Excellent. Well, thank you, Julie. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate the work that you do in the world. Like it's the world is changing and you are part of that change. Like this is, this is the natural evolution of the way, the way the world is going. So thank you for the work that you do. Thank you. I receive all of that. Feels yummy. (laughs) Well, everybody, um, if you like what you heard, please go check out more of Julie Fouch and her work. And if you are enjoying this podcast, we would so appreciate it if you would leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. So until next time. Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in.